0: The presence of the Lord is here. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was this way. This is how Matthew's account of what we would call the Christmas story begins. And if starting at that particular point, that particular verse, and continuing on until Matthew's account of this most marvelous of stories is completed, you would find for there to be roughly 31 verses in this particular book of our Bibles that is solely dedicated to the telling of God becoming man. 31 verses in the book of Matthew. 31 verses with no doubt hundreds upon hundreds of words making up those verses used to give description and detail concerning this incarnation of our God. And oh, what a story it is. What a miraculous story it is. For it is in this story that we find a virgin becoming pregnant with child. God speaking to people in dreams. Angels having conversations with humanity. Heavenly stars giving direction in the night. Angelic choirs singing in the heavens. And the prophesied Messiah being born. And so I say again, what a miraculous story it is. And yet it is one two-letter word. One small, maybe seemingly insignificant two-letter word to some at least in the telling of this great story that has captured my attention. One two-letter word that can and no doubt is so easily missed. This two-letter word, though short in its length, speaks volumes to you and I today that word that has so gripped my, my heart is found towards the end of Matthew chapter 1. For it says this in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive in her womb and will bear a son. They will call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And there it is. That glorious life-changing, hope-inducing, two-letter word, us. God is now with us. Now, be- be- before you think that I'm making a big deal out of nothing, let's just, let's just please keep in mind who, who falls under the category as being a part of us in the text. For when it says that God is now with us, it's speaking of all of us, not just some of us, but all of us, not just a few of us, but all of us. He's not just with those who love Him. He's with those who don't even believe in Him. He's not just with those who come to church faithfully. He's he's with those who believe that church is a crutch for the weak and that God is a hoax being played upon the masses. He's with all of us. irrespective of our beliefs and our thinking and our upbringing and our stories and our living and our lives and our religious or non-religious affiliations, God is with all of us. (laughs) And that's why that word us packs such a powerful punch for being such a small word. For wrapped up in the category of us is those who failed and those who fear, and those who think they've gone too far. It's speaking of those who are weak, and those who are weary, and those who've wasted it all. But it doesn't have to give that descriptive of terms, it just says us. It's speaking of those who are sad and those who are sorrowful and those who have been seduced by the song of a sinful society. It's speaking of those who have inflicted hurt and it is speaking of those who have received the hurt. For that word us encapsulates all of us. Speaking of those that are haunted by their past. And it is speaking of those who are anxious concerning their future. It is speaking of the addicted and the broken and the frightened and the weary and the sinful and the scarred and the oppressed. It's speaking of the children and the teenagers and the adults and the elderly. It's speaking of every person from every nationality, speaking every language and living in every land. It's speaking of those with and those without. It's speaking of those that have. And it is speaking of those that have not not, for that two-letter word, us, speaks of all of us, not just the ones who have it together, thank the Lord, but all of us, not just the ones who have everything going right, but all of us, not just the ones walking the right path, but all of us, so it's speaking of me today. And it's speaking of you today. And it is speaking to us, all of us, the glorious fact that even in this room right now, God is with us. (laughs) That might not be a big deal to some people, but it's a really big deal to me. You see, because in my storm, I understand He's with us. And in our sin, He's with us. And in our sorrow, He's with us. And in our weakness, He's with us. And in our suffering, He's with us. And in our brokenness, He's with us. And in our midnight hour, He's with us. And when we don't know where to go, He's with us. And when we don't know which way to turn, He's with us and when we have more questions than we have answers he's with us oh he's with us is there anybody glad about the fact that the god who has all power in heaven and on earth is even right now with us with us doesn't matter your story, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter the color of your skin, doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, doesn't matter what kind of car you drove up in here, or if you rode a bike to church today. I'm here to tell somebody God is with all of us in the middle of all our stories, in the middle of all of our situations. God is with us somebody needs to understand and get revelation of the fact today that God's nearness to us has nothing to do with what we have done or what we have not done because even right now the God who can fix all and heal all and forgive all and redeem all and restore all and deliver all and save all is in this room and he's here to release a miraculous touch that only He can do. Anybody believe you can leave this place changed today? Anybody believe that somebody else that might not quite have the faith that you have, but you believe and you have faith for them that they can leave this place changed by the power of the Holy Ghost? Can I get somebody to testify that He really is still a miracle-working God and? I didn't get with you before church to tell you what I was going to preach. So you're standing on your own accord. Can I get somebody to testify that he still can make a way where there seems to... Does anybody know him to be Jehovah Jireh, my provider? When I have nothing but lack, he provides. Oh, I got a testimony today about how good my God is and about the nearness of him in the middle, the context of my story. (laughs) Mm, He's with me. 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 I'm thankful for friends with me and I'm thankful for family with me and I'm thankful for church folk with me that there's nobody like having God with me because nobody can do what he can do and nobody can help me like he can help me. Mm, Somebody said amen. So I hurry, I hurry. But it is this powerful truth of God being with us that I'd like to illustrate to you from the word of the Lord for the remainder of my time today. He doesn't appear in any nativity scenes and you won't find him on many Christmas cards. But he's a significant player in the first Christmas story and pageantry nonetheless. His name was Simeon. Somebody say Simeon. I preach today with us. God is with us. His name was Simeon and we're introduced to him in the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 2 and verse 22, the word of the Lord says, And when the days of her, speaking of Mary, when the days of Mary's purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. We skip down three verses and find in Luke chapter uh, 2 and verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And that same man was just and he was devout. And then here we go, waiting for the consolation of Israel. So Jesus, having been born just a short time prior to this, was now being brought into the temple by his family, by his parents. And as they enter into the temple, just picture this now, as they enter into the temple, they were met by this man by the name of Simeon. And the Bible tells us that Simeon was at church that day because he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, in order to truly understand what it was that Simeon was waiting on this day, we have to understand the times in which Simeon was living. For all was not well in the nation at that time. For we find him living under Roman rule, and they've lost their political independence, and they were now living in fear of a cruel king dictator almost by the name of Herod. Simeon was living in a time when there was great uncertainty about his tomorrows. He was living in a time when he was afraid of what the next sunrise might reveal in his life. He was living in a time when worry was his constant companion. He was living in a time when fear gripped the hearts of so many. Because of this current condition that he, along with so many others, were facing in the day and age in which they live, we find Simeon waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, what that word there is speaking of, it's literally telling us that he was waiting, he was waiting for someone to bring him comfort. Somebody say comfort. Consolation is another word for comfort. He was waiting on someone to rise above and help to rise him above the fear and the foreboding that shrouded around him like a thick blanket of darkness. I can almost hear Simeon as he would cry out, I don't know how much longer I can stand the current pressure that I'm going through. I don't know how many more days I can continue putting a smile on my face when in reality my life is racked with suffering private conversation with Simeon would no doubt inform us that all of his efforts have come to nothing and all of his methods have proven to be ineffectual to fix what needs fixing. And now he's looking and now he's searching and now he is longing for that which would bring him comfort during a time when comfort seems to be merely a mirage. And I just wonder if It might be possible that there be more than just a few in this room today who can well relate to Simeon. I just wonder if there might be somebody in the house who knows what it's like to have that overwhelming and all-encompassing need to be comforted. For you see, the need to be comforted is not just a feeling that is unique to only a few of us, but the desire to be comforted is a universal Need to be sure. For we all know and all believe and all have from time to time, we struggle with loneliness and we struggle with emptiness and insecurities and even desperation. Am I right about it? In fact, the Christmas season is one of the most major crisis times for what I'm talking about today. For it is this time of year that so many are reminded of the fact that all is not well in their lives. And what they're portraying on the outside really isn't how they're feeling on the inside. And because they're worn out from their pursuit of real comfort, they decide that they have nothing left to live for. And it was that desire, it was that desire, that need, and that overwhelming longing in our lives for comfort that Simeon was looking for. Just want to find comfort. And it's exactly what some in the room today are looking to find. I just need to be comforted. We're looking for that comfort that will possess within its power the ability to cause us to smile and mean it for the first time in months. We're looking for the comfort that holds within its capabilities the capacity to ease our troubled mind and Silence our tortured souls. Comfort. The single parent raising kids all by themselves is looking for it. Comfort. The two-parent home with wayward sons and daughters are looking for it. Comfort. The husband and wife enduring the long and miserable nights of marital disharmony are looking for it comfort the teenager who doesn't want to cut themselves but can't find a way to stop is looking for it if we peered beneath the masks that we've so expertly and strategically placed upon ourselves today and if we push beyond the veneer that we have situated in all the right places we would find more than a few in the room who have a tremendous desire to be comforted. We know exactly what Simeon was facing and exactly what Simeon was feeling. Going to Christmas parties and cooking Christmas goodies and wrapping up Christmas presents and yet waiting on comfort. Festively decorating the house lights are in all the right places. Trees trimmed with the perfect pageantry and yet we would trade it all in a heartbeat for just some comfort. Genuine, real comfort. For it's possible to need comfort while lying in the nicest bed that money can buy. And it's possible to need comfort living in the nicest house. On the block And it's possible to need comfort While being surrounded by friends and family And it's possible to feel comfort Need comfort Need comfort Even while comforting others So There's a great need that many in the room share today If we would just get honest and real We need comfort today so it is to all of us that I'd like to quickly read the remainder of Simeon's story before we find and pick the story back up. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 27, the word of the Lord speaks and says, And he, Simeon, Simeon came by the Spirit into the temple. <laughs> and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms. Simeon took Jesus. And his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now, 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 let us, thou servant, depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people, a light to lighten the Gentile and the glory of thy people Israel. Now notice now, it was, it was at the time of his life when he needed comfort the most that the Bible says that he was ushered to the temple. He was ushered to the house of God by the Spirit. And when the Spirit brought him to church, it was there that he experienced Jesus for himself. And after that experience, he said, Now I can leave with peace in my heart. Then he said, "My eyes have seen the salvation of my life. Then he said, I have encountered the one who has the ability to lighten the load that I have been carrying all these many days. In other words, he said this, I might have came in here with pain. I might have came in here with loneliness. And I might have came in here with an emptiness in my heart. But now I have met Jesus. And because of that, my peace has been replaced or has replaced the pain and love has replaced the loneliness and completeness has replaced the emptiness that has been in my life oh I can almost hear I can almost hear Simeon telling his friends I went to church feeling lost I went to church feeling undone I went to church feeling uh, fearful about my future but I left after encountering uh, the salvation uh, of my soul Uh, I came into the house uh, burdened by the regrets and the uncertainties uh, and the confusion that was weighing me down Uh, but I left after coming in contact with the one uh, who lightened my load and took away the weight and took away the fear and took away the regret and and here's the good news here's the good news the occurrence doesn't just hap- have to happen to Simeon but it can happen to every single one of us in this room today in fact it's the will of God for it to happen to every single one of us in this room today whether you've been coming to this church for 50 years or you've been here 50 minutes it's the will of God for this same thing to happen to all of us in this room because like Simeon the spirit of God brought you to church today Yeah, preacher that's where you're wrong I'm, I'm I'm not here I'm here because somebody invited me Who do you think told the person to invite you? You think you're here because a family member got you here. Come on, that's not entirely true. For I absolutely believe that the Spirit of Almighty God has orchestrated everything out for you to be in His house today. Because He desires for you to experience the miracle of His comforting hand upon your life before you leave this place today. He knew what you needed greater than what you knew that you needed. So He ordered your steps to be in this place, at this moment, at this time so that you can understand and, and have a, a relationship and an encounter with the one who can give comfort. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together and give him praise. Now there's something, something I need to speak to us about concerning the story before I close. Luke chapter 2 and verse 27, and Simeon came by the Spirit into the temple. And when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, verse 28, then took Simon Jesus up in his arms. Now you need to remember, you need to remember that there had been talk about this Messiah for years, decades In fact, the prophecy concerning the birth of Jesus was talked about all the way back in the Old Testament book of Isaiah. For it would be Isaiah that would pin these words, the prophetic promise of the Messiah that would come. All the way back in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 when he said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So Simon had heard all of the talk about this Jesus. He had heard all the talk about Jesus being wonderful and Simeon had heard all of the talk about Jesus being the mighty God and and Jesus being the everlasting father and Jesus being the prince of peace and his forefathers had passed down to him this this grand and glorious understanding that Jesus would, would bring peace into the lives of all that were hurting and peace into the minds of those who were oppressed. He'd heard it all. But here's what I want you to see. It's simple but I want you to see it. For on this day, on this day he reached out and physically touched the one who everybody else had told him about for years. He touched with his very own hands the Prince of Peace. He felt with his very own fingers the one who was wonderful beyond compare he experienced firsthand the mighty God and the everlasting father this was not just something someone was telling him about but on this day he experienced it for himself this was not just rhetoric this was not just church talk This was not just some ploy to build up his emotions in order to help him limp through another day. This was Simeon literally focusing his gaze on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I said all that to say this. Today is going to be much more than just a preacher telling you about God and about what that God can do. Do. For you are about to encounter that God for yourself. Mm. For this God that I'm talking about is not confined to some historical book. He's not confined to some stuffy religious dogma, and he's not confined to some irrelevant church belief system. No, this one who gives comfort is in the house right now, for he is God with us. <laughs> This one who has the ability to change lives and heal hearts and mend the broken and save the lost is even right now in this room. I'm not talking about a God that you just have to blindly follow and simply hope that something will change in your life. I'm talking about a God that can be touched and experienced and encountered for yourself. Hallelujah. So today, uh, this isn't all about somebody telling you uh, about Him. Uh, this is literally you going to be able, and even right now, feel the presence, encounter the presence of Almighty God. Can we just, just for a moment, I just got a few more minutes and I'll be done, but just for a moment, could we just lift our hands Ooh. and respond? Respond, respond to the presence of Almighty God that is in this room. Somebody, you're about to feel him like you've never felt him before somebody's about to encounter him like you've never encountered him before you've been in this church and that church and the other church and you've been you've grown up in this or you've whatever whatever your story is but people have told you about God but you've never felt him for yourself but that's going to be different in this house today and i close i close With this, for there is one thing required of us. For Simeon took him up in his arms, Luke 2, 28, took him up in his arms, and he blessed God. The only thing that's required of you and I today, you don't have to fix anything. You don't have to get anything right. You don't have to work out your life and your life story uh, like we could do it anyway. You know, all we need to do is just bless God. say, well, how do you do that? You just say, Jesus, I love you. Simple as that. <laughs> Simple as that. Jesus, I, I believe you can change my life. Jesus, I know, I know you're the only one that can give me comfort during this time of my life. Jesus, I need you. If you don't know what else to say, if you don't know what else to do, you say, well, what, well, what, what, what right do I have to say such things as I endure the darkness that I'm facing today? Listen, it's not about you. It's all about him. Ah. Uh. I said it's not about you, it's not about your story, it's not about your failure, it's not about how far you have fallen, none of that, none of that, none of that has any bearing whatsoever on God's ability to be with you right now and help you and restore you and redeem you and save you and forgive you and baptize you and fill you with his spirit, it's not about you. And since it's not about you, go ahead and feel free to just lift your hand and your voice right now and say, Jesus, I love you. If Jesus, I need you, I need comfort. I wonder if there's somebody in this house on this Christmas day with all the pretty flowers and all the fancy stuff up here and the decorations. I wish there'd be somebody that said, I don't care about any of that. I don't care about who's here and who's not here. I'm just going to lift my voice and cry out, God, I need comfort. Uh. I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it. I can't go one more day like this. I can't go one more night like this. I'm tired of crying myself to sleep. I need the comfort that only you can give. Stand to your feet and lift your hands all across this auditorium. I wonder right now if we can lift our voices in sincerity and in honesty and in transparency before the Lord. God I need comforted right now I need it I need it I need, I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm putting on a good face uh, I know'm I know I'm tricking everybody I know I'm convincing everybody that everything's all right but if you could if I if, if the inwardness of my heart would be displayed before the individuals in this room, they would see a darkness that is there. And so, God, I need comfort now. Come on, somebody. Come on, who's going to get real before the Lord right now? Come on, who's going to get real before the Lord right now? I need you, God. I need you, Lord. I need you, God. I need you. I need comforted. I need comforted. Most people don't.